We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Well, here it is, and here we go. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm Chris Fanfleet. Thank you so much for joining us on this one. And for a lot of you for joining us on every single episode. Hope you're having a great week. Super grateful that you're here with us for this one. And chances are you've seen our guest today online, even if you haven't put two and two together and you maybe don't recognize her name. But Gabby Scampone has gone viral quite a few times for her work with alligators. And we're talking big gators here. We're talking like 10, 12 foot alligators. She kisses them, she wrestles them, she rescues them, and she swims with them. And if you've seen the photos or videos that I posted online of that one time that I swam with a giant alligator, the alligator's name, by the way, was Casper. Well, that was Gabby that made that all happen. Her and her boyfriend, Chris Gillette, offer an experience in the Everglades where you can swim with an alligator. His name is Casper. And you can take underwater photos. And trust me, swimming with an alligator sounds a lot scarier than it really is. If you live in Florida or you're traveling to Florida, I can't recommend this enough. And we'll talk about it a bunch here, but man, what an experience. Really though, at the heart of this conversation is just about finding your passion and turning your passion into your career. Now, more than any other time in history, you should absolutely not be doing something for a living that you hate. Let me say that one more time. You should absolutely not be doing something for a living that you hate. And in a perfect world, you shouldn't be doing something that you even dislike for a living. And I hope that Gabby's story can light a fire in you and, and make you chase after those dreams that you have. Give her a follow on social media. She's at Gabby Nicole. That's G-A-B-B-Y-N-I-K-O-L-L-E. That's on both Instagram and TikTok. I recently joined TikTok, by the way. Just hit 10,000 followers on there. So if you happen to be on TikTok, I'm at Chris.VanVleet. And then I'm at ChrisVanVleet on Instagram and Twitter. And also make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this right now. Okay, without further ado, let's dive into this one. Ha! Ah, dive in. I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah, get it with the water? Ah, I love it. Please welcome Gabby Scampone. 
Gabby, it's so good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Of course. It's been a while. It has been a while, and it's going to be a strange statement for me to say this, but the last time I saw you and Chris, we were swimming with an alligator. Yes, we were. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, whenever I post that video or post those photos, people just like, there's this very visceral reaction, right? It's on, and I'm sure you get this all the time. It's on one end of the spectrum or the other. Either that is so cool or you are absolutely crazy. I would never do that. This must that's, be something you deal with every day. That's my life working with alligators. Either they are super tame. You raise it from a baby. They love you. They're a puppy dog or you're crazy. That thing's going to eat you. You're an idiot. So it, it's the truth is somewhere in the middle, but people often think of things in extremes. So. Yeah. Well, you're quick to remind people these are wild alligators and Definitely. anything could happen at any point in time. Definitely. Yeah. So what is the work that you're doing right now with alligators? So, I mean, I'm still rescuing them. I've been a state licensed alligator trapping agent for four years since I moved to Florida, essentially. Yeah. And I just, I'm still rescuing them out of people's backyards. This month alone, I think we got three babies out of swimming pools. So, yeah. So when someone has an alligator, and this happens every once in a while in Florida, someone has an alligator in their backyard, they call to have it removed and you show up? Yeah. So it, it's the way I explain it. It's basically like um, how a police officer has their own jurisdiction, their own area. Yeah. So I do Northern Broward County with a, like three other people, like a very small team or two other people. There's three of us. And um, you can't call us directly. You have to call the nuisance alligator hotline. Isn't that so funny? We have like a nuisance alligator hotline in Florida. So you call them and then they issue out the permit to whoever's area it is. So if it's in Broward County, we're going to get the permit and then we respond. I imagine most people don't have the alligator nuisance hotline, you know, handy. Most people are probably calling 911. Oh my God, there's an alligator in my pool. And then 911 says, actually call this number. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So what do you do when you, when you get there and there's an alligator in somebody's backyard, what happens from there? You catch it. What do you mean? What do we do? How do you, how do you, how do you catch an alligator? (laughs) All right. So most trappers choose to kill the alligator. So um, in the state of Florida, you don't get paid for being an alligator trapper due to liability, right? So that way, if you go out, you get your arm ripped off, you get a get well soon card, you don't get paid, you know? Hope Uh, your arm grows back, yeah. Exactly. So that's how most trappers make their money. So they catch them a little bit differently since they're just going to kill them. They'll put out like a baited hook and the gator swallow it, kind of gets stuck in the stomach, and then they shoot it. So the way we do it, we physically have to be there when the alligator's there. Uh, we use like just a really big fishing pole with a treble hook, and we cast over their back and we snag hook them, and that's the way we catch it. So definitely takes a lot of skill. I feel like that's only part of it, though. That's getting the alligator to shore, maybe. It is, yeah. (laughs) Then what happens? Well, usually you're fighting with them in the water for like like 20 minutes. They are just so strong and they're death rolling and they're trying to get away. Um, So once you pull them up, most of the time they're pretty exhausted. So when we get them on land, we noose them around their neck, we pull them up. You can use like a towel to throw over their head so they can't really jump on the back and then you carefully close the jaws, tape the jaws. And then I put them in my Honda Civic and drive them to the sanctuary. Hold on. You put an alligator (laughs) in your Honda Civic. I have a Honda Civic hatchback and I've had multiple alligators in there at a time. 
What? Okay. The biggest one being eight and a half feet long. Everyone loves that. When you don't have an alligator in there, what does your civic smell like? It actually doesn't smell. I I swear it, it really doesn't. Alligators don't really smell. Okay, so is is this like a is this a job you're getting you're not you're get, not getting paid to do this as a volunteer position? Yeah, I do not get paid. I pay for all my own gas, tolls, everything, the wear and tear on the car, tools to get to the alligator. Yeah. Okay. Now let's back it up. We've talked about wrestling alligators and rescuing alligators. How did you get to this point? You're originally from New York State. So how did you get to Florida? with alligators. Yeah. Well, I have loved animals my whole life. Just even as like a child, just going out catching turtles and frogs in New York. And then as I got bigger, the animals got bigger. So like when I was a teenager, I started catching like really big snapping turtles and going to look for like rattlesnakes and stuff. Um, and I started volunteering with animals at a nature center when I was 15. And Ever since then, I've just been volunteering somewhere with animals. Uh, But it got to the point where I was driving like an hour north three times a week and then an hour south two times a week just to volunteer with animals because it's so limited in New York. So then I started following people on Instagram who were messing with alligators, uh, you know, in Florida. I'm like, "I, I can be doing that, you know? So I came down, visited, saw just like how many animals there are and just like the wading birds and like the migratory birds, there's just so much wildlife in Florida. And then I moved here in 2017. Um, I started volunteering at the Everglades outpost. That's where I started to work with alligators and got connected with, uh, the man that I trap underneath his license, Paul. Um, and he taught me basically everything I know about trapping. And this, you moved there in 2017, a year later, you have this video of you scrubbing an alligator, which for you is like routine. You're scrubbing it with like a giant broom. Yeah. This video goes viral. And yeah. I would have to think that things really changed for you from there. Yeah. It was crazy because I was scrubbing alligators every day of my life at that point. And I had posted videos before just kind of from like my point of view. So you could see like the brush in there and his back, but never with me actually in the video. So I posted it like not thinking anything of it. And it just like blew up. It was crazy. So where, how did things change after that video went everywhere? Well, I went from, I think like 15,000, uh, Instagram followers, like 50,000 in like two days. It was on like AOL. Every time I opened Facebook, I was just like the front, like on the front of the page. It was, it was crazy. I got flown out to Tennessee to be a guest on the Pickler and Ben show and talk about it. So it definitely made my platform a lot bigger, gave me like a, just a really big platform to talk about alligators and educate people. So I'm I'm really grateful for that video. But I also think what it did is it made people realize that people like you do this. And I think that people think like, I think that often people think when dealing with alligators, it's like a swamp people type of thing. And I think that those TV shows have definitely made that like a stereotype. And they see someone like you doing, they go, oh my gosh, if Gabby can do it, Maybe I can do it or anybody can do it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have a lot of people send me the, the swamp people clips and things like that. Cause they, they kill the alligators. And uh, a lot of people are actually really angry because they follow me and I'll get a lot of responses. Like, you know, I, I never liked, liked alligators until I started following you. And now I love them. And like, I hate watching this stuff on TV. Like, why aren't you on TV? Why are these people on TV? So hey, why aren't you on TV? 
It's, it's hard. I've spoken to probably over a hundred producers and they all, you know, they all, you know how they are. They all promise things and it's yeah. just so hard. And honestly, I would rather do my own thing at this point, like our YouTube channel where we have full creative control. Um, even like the interviews that I've done or, or people that have come see me in the alligators, they want like ridiculous stuff or they want me to like put myself in danger for views and things like that. And I'm not really about that. I don't want people to think that alligators are monsters. So I'm not going to show that side of them, you know? Yeah. What, why do you think there is this misconception? Sharks have it too, but alligators might even have it worse. Why do you think that people are so scared of alligators? I mean, it's like the same thing as pit bulls. You only see on the news, the, the bad, the bad side of them. We have 2 million alligators in the state of Florida if they wanted to kill any people, we would have hundreds of people dying every single day. And people don't think like that. Yeah. Everybody still refers to the the um, little boy in Disney that got killed a couple of years ago. You know, that's, that's all I hear about. Oh yeah. They don't eat people. Tell that to his family. It's like, okay, it does happen. Especially when you put, unfortunately, a small child in knee deep water at dusk where there's alligators, like it definitely happens, but they're not out breaking into people's homes, trying to eat you. They're not chasing you down the street. You know, even if you swim, most of the time they're going to leave you alone. Of course, swimming is not recommended because a lot of alligator attacks do happen when people are in the water, but they really don't want anything to do with people. If they did, my job as a trapper would be so easy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like chasing them. Yeah. We were talking about swimming with alligators at the start of this episode. I should reference (laughs) that this was an experience that I was part of. We were making a TV segment out of this, but actually anybody can do it. It's a very, uh, Casper is the alligator's name. And you guys have had him in, or Chris has had him in captivity for how many years is it? I know Chris has known him for 12 years, personally. Yeah, so he might've been in captivity even before that. He was caught as a nuisance alligator. I've known Casper for four years. Uh, he's just a really chill alligator. So explain what this experience is for people who are either interested or just are, can't even believe that we're talking about this. Definitely. So it, it's a little bit different than when you did it. When you did it, there was no net. Yeah. Uh, and then shortly after that, even though we have a perfect track record, not a single injury, not even a stubbed toe, FWC came in and said that we were endangering the public and wanted to like hit us with a felony charge. So yeah, so we had to put a net up. So now there is like a little net barrier. You can still get super close to Casper. You're in the water um, in a 30,000 gallon crystal clear lagoon face to face with an alligator, just watching him swim around underwater. Chris can get awesome photos of people like professional underwater photos with an alligator. It's truly like once in a lifetime experience. Oh yeah. It was, I thought I was going to be like freaking out when I was in there. It's so peaceful. Yeah. It was so peaceful and like serene to see this incredible beast in this habitat where you're just a spectator. Yeah. Most people see alligators obviously in the water, but never under the water. Mm -hmm. So you're never going to get to experience that anywhere else. And alligators just, they truly are so graceful and beautiful and effortless when they're swimming. Well, look, alligators are part of your everyday life. (laughs) I lived in Florida for five years. I feel like I had to go out of my way to see alligators. Like I would go to I think the first alligator I saw was at Lake Okeechobee and I was out fishing and I'm like, oh my God, there's an alligator right there. But I don't feel like they're as common as people who live in the other 49 states might think that they are. Yeah, I mean, 
we see a lot of alligators in uh, places like like Parkland. So Parkland is like right, literally right across the street from the Everglades. Yeah. And uh, we have this this one area where there's like an alligator in every single pond because they have dug out ponds basically to elevate the houses. And now all of those ponds, the alligators just walk across the street and they are in this neighborhood now, you know? So it, it does happen in the canals, the man-made canals. Alligators walk, they go through culvert pipes, everything is connected. So, I mean, they, they are there. So when you talk about these nuisance alligators, what exactly is the definition of a nuisance gator? Any alligator that is deemed a threat to a person, a pet, or a livestock. So if the alligator is literally just sitting there in the canal in your backyard minding its own business and you don't want it there, it's a nuisance. And then you take it, put it in your Honda Civic. And I do. Then, <laughs> and then where does it go, where does it go to from there? Um, yeah, most of them go to the Everglades Outpost and Homestead. It's a nonprofit animal sanctuary. I think they're at like 500 and 84 alligators or something like that now. Do they, do all these alligators have names? Yeah, well, no, just because we can't tell them all of her, but we definitely have like maybe like 30 or 40 of them that are name trained that come to their names. But I mean, all of these alligators are wild alligators. So just because they're in captivity doesn't mean they're friendly. Like they will, they will mess you up. And you have to relocate them because if you just put them somewhere else, they'll come back to where you took them from, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what FWC says. So that that's why it's illegal. The only two options for a nuisance alligator, you have to kill it or you have to keep it in captivity. Um, under four feet can be relocated because they're like that big and they're not considered a threat. Um, but most of the gators would catch are over four feet, so. I like how a four-foot alligator to you is nothing. A four-foot alligator to the average they're person tiny. is like- Oh, they're so small. Four-foot alligator to the average person is like, oh my God, that's a four-foot <laughs> alligator. Yeah, the four-footers can't do much unless you are going out of your way to like mess with them. So take me back here to when you're a kid, you love animals. Did you ever think that there'd be the opportunity to work with them for a living? Uh, I don't know. I remember watching Steve Irwin and Jeff Corwin. I like loved both of them. I was like five or six years old and I would watch them all the time. And I'm like, I can be doing this. Like, this is what I want to do. I never thought that I would be working with dangerous predators like this, but I remember thinking like, I really want to do this. What was the most dangerous predator, dangerous animal that you had in New York? Um, <laughs> probably just the birds of prey. Yeah, that's, that's really it. I mean, they'll still mess you up if you don't know what you're doing. But for a while, I was volunteering with Birds of Prey, and I loved that. That was awesome. So you moved down to Florida. Walk me through your first alligator encounter. Honestly, I don't remember. You don't remember your first like one? so long ago. I see alligators every single day of my life. I do not remember my first experience with an alligator. Do I was remember <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you relocated one or rescued one? Uh, I don't think so. This is amazing. I don't think so. I remember the first time I did a face-off, which is the trick where you open the alligator's mouth and you put your chin. I remember that because that was terrifying. Yeah, so yeah. You, you did like a, a show, a demonstration where you yeah. were basically wrestling alligators. Mm -hmm. Yep. How do you learn how to do this? 
carefully. <laughs> Don't mess up. Really with alligators, I mean, there's some things you can learn when they're taped, obviously. Um, you know, how, like where to, how to jump on them, where your hands should be, like placement, things like that. But for like the face-off and things where they're untaped, you can't learn the face-off with a taped alligator. So you just got to do it and hope that you don't mess up. What's the closest call that you've had? Um, well, a few times, <laughs> this was after I was like, good. A few times I've, um, I've been doing the face off and when the mouth's open, I, I put my hand inside of the mouth and if anything touches the jaws, the jaws will slam shut. So uh-huh. I've had like sand fall in the alligator's mouth and you just see him flinch and you're like, oh, please don't. So I've never had them, you know, snap my arm off or bite me, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was sketchy. But if you do the face, the face off properly, like you're supposed to be able to jaw pop them off your face and they can't get you. Chris has done that before. So basically you're like this with the alligator's mouth. And then when you touch it, they close in front of you if you do it correctly. So I've done that before and that's terrifying. That sounds insane. Yeah. Because what, what, I mean, what's the strength of an alligator's jaw? Full grown alligator has like so many PSI, right? Yeah. Like 20,000, 2000 pounds per square inch. That's crazy. It's like a truck. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so it would tear your arm right off. They are insanely strong. What yep. other animals are you working with there? Uh, at the outpost? Well, just in general. You're, you're dealing with a lot of animals in your day-to-day. I mean, you want to know what's at my house right now? <laughs> like just, I'll run you through the animals at my house. <laughs> yeah, tell me about the rescue you have at your house. Yeah, literally the, the rescue that we're running from our house. Um, I think we're at like close to like 40 animals right now. Okay, what's in your house? People, okay, but people hear that. People hear that and they're like, oh, you guys are hoarders. Like, definitely not. Um, we don't take on more than we can handle. We have like 13 chickens. We have a pig. We have a cat with no eyes. We have a dog that was like rescued from Texas. Uh, The pig was dumped on the side of the road. We've had her for like a year and a half. We're at seven birds right now. I know. I just rescued a hornbill on Father's Day. A horn? Where are hornbills from? Uh, Africa and Asia. This one was an African one. So unfortunately, the the hornbills from Africa are easily imported. This is like the one from The Lion King, right? Zazu? Yeah, so I have a Vonderdeckens, which is the exact one in The Lion King. I actually raised him. He was not a rescue. He's an educational animal. But the red-billed hornbill, Petrie, that we uh, we caught just in Florida. So it was just in someone's backyard? Yeah. I was tracking this bird for two weeks with a pararescue. Like, it was probably the most difficult rescue that I've done. Not because, like, necessarily the catch was hard. It's just... It was all over Facebook. So it was, he was on the next door app. He was on Facebook. I had people like screenshotting, uh, like posts to me and sending them on Instagram. And then you have to figure out which group that was posted in. You have to be accepted into the group. You have to message the person explaining like, Hey, I've been trying to catch this hornbill. And by the time they answer the bird is gone or like they never see your message. So by the time people would message me, they're like, it flew off like four hours ago. And I'm like, oh my God. So for two weeks, every day, just scrolling Facebook, like, where is he now? Where is he now? It was crazy. Well, how'd you finally track him then? So on Father's Day, uh, we he was quiet for like a week. So um, 
this gentleman reached out to me originally and said that the bird has been in his yard for the past three days. And every day it would go there. And I'm like, okay, this is perfect. So I went to his house and he's like, he just left an hour ago. And we like were staked out at his house for like four hours and he never came back. So then we didn't really hear for about the bird for like four days. And then he was found like a half hour away. And I'm like, okay, now he's in this area and we never saw him. And people kept posting this hornbill, literally looking at them through the window, like trying to break in their house because he knows that there's food in there. Yeah. So then on Father's Day, uh, Susan at Palm Beach Parrot Rescue, I was working with her very closely on this. She gave me a tip that it was in someone's backyard. And I think it was Loxahatchee or Boynton Beach. I don't remember, but it was like 45 minutes away from me. And she's like, just drop everything and go there now. So I'm like on the phone with the guy, like rushing over. He's like, oh, you better hurry because he's in my backyard right now. He's like looking for bugs, but I don't know how long he's going to be here. And I'm like, I am driving as fast as I can. Just try to keep him there. Try to like open the door. If you have like a screen, like get him in the screen, like do something. He's like, okay, I'll do my best. So I'm driving and I'm like 15 minutes away. And the guy calls me back. I'm like, oh my God, he's calling to tell me it flew away. Like, yeah. There's no way. He's yeah. like, okay, Gabby, you're not going to believe this. He's in my living room. <laughs> so he opened the door and the bird flew right in his living room. And I have a video of me with the net chasing this hornbill from Africa around someone's living room. So if <laughs> this is story, you fantastic. can't make this up. Yeah. If the bird didn't go in the living room, how were you going to catch a bird in someone's backyard just out in the open? So our original plan was to try to use uh, superworms because my hornbill loves superworms. Like, so we were going to use a really big carrier, kind of like tie a string to the door and see if we can get him in that way and shut it. That's what wow. we were going to do. And then people were saying that he was allowing them to get close enough where potentially you could grab them. So at the time, that's what we were going to do. Knowing what I know now, that would not have worked because this bird is so fast. We have an aviary for him. I can't even catch him in his aviary. He's so quick. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so he, he's living yeah. with you now. He is. Yeah. No one came forward for him. No one was looking for him. So what I think is that unfortunately he was imported from Africa, probably, you know, 50 birds. They, they imported all of them. He took off and the person just didn't realize because no one is looking for him. And this bird was on the news. He was all over social media. And I know if I lost any of my birds, I would be yeah. going crazy. Wow. As a matter of fact, I did lose one of my birds last Thursday. I don't know if you saw my story. I was a basket case. <laughs> we got him back though. He's in the neighbor's yard, but. <laughs> so what's the plan with this hornbill? We're just going to keep him and let him live out his life. Wow. Yes. Now we have two hornbills. This, wow. You, you yeah. have so many animals there. Yeah, we do. What, yeah, most of them this? are reptiles. So that doesn't really count. Like of course isn't. they count. Come on. It's so easy. It's like Don't if you let the reptiles one. hear that. <laughs> if you have one, you might as well have like five. You know, I think we're at like seven tortoises right now, but they all eat the same thing. They all like live in the same area. So they're pretty easy. We have like 15 snakes. Are these big tortoises? Um, like like they're redfoot tortoises. So like 10 pounds. Are these are the ones that are gonna outlive you, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them do. A lot of even the the parrots potentially, depending on the species, they can live like eighty years. People don't realize that. Wow, what was yeah. this video with the ball python recently that really also got a lot of eyes on you? Yeah, that like like changed our life a little bit. So uh, it was at Markham Park 
Do you know where that is? It's in yep. the West. That's where we catch alligators, actually. I've been so, fishing there. Yeah. Have you seen any alligators there? Uh, no, I haven't. There's lots. <laughs> there are lots. So they knew uh, Paul and I because we catch alligators there. And I guess a family saw this ball python. So this is a ball python from Africa. This is not the Burmese python that's invasive. Mm-hmm. This is a pet. You can buy them at Petco. For They're like the most bucks. common snake people buy. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So somebody, I guess, dumped this snake that they didn't want anymore. It was very obviously dumped. If you know Markham Park, you know, there's not houses around. There's like a highway. It was intentionally put there. And she was just hiding in like a little tree stump. So we went to go catch her and I pulled her out expecting her to bite me. She did not bite me. She was super chill, pulled her out. She had ticks all over her like mm. big ticks on her face like in her heat pits she had um little tiny ticks under every single one of her scales we physically removed 120 ticks and there was still more like we we couldn't get them all so we took her to the vet we did a story rehabbing her and her video just blew up she got like 50 million views i think she got more than me scrubbing the alligator yeah, I feel like this video is getting more attention than that. Yeah, it, it just took off and we weren't expecting it. I wasn't even going to post the video. I'm like, yeah, it's a bull python. And, you know, <laughs> like my hornbill from Africa got nothing, like no views. But, you know, the ball python, yeah. 50 million. it's just crazy. You never know what's going to go viral. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I worked in a pet store when I was in high school. I worked in the fish and reptile department, actually. And the reptile that we sold more than anything, well, bearded pythons, leopard geckos, and then it was ball pythons. Yeah. They were like yeah. such a popular animal. So I think that maybe people can look at that and relate and go, oh, I either had a ball python yeah. or I know somebody that did. That's what we're thinking. And a lot of the comments were like, oh, I have, I have a ball python. I could never imagine doing this. Tons of people. I hate snakes, but this changed my opinion. I never thought I would love a snake. Like you can tell the snake is so grateful for you, which I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think she's grateful or loves us, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that people think that and I can change opinions, you know, she's a really sweet snake. She has never tried to bite us. We were literally ripping ticks off of her, did not try to bite us. We had to give her antibiotic injections for a couple of weeks. Didn't try to bite us. She's a really good snake. So all of this that you're talking about all stems from a love that you have for animals. Yeah, absolutely. 
This is so wild. Okay, so where does it go from here? What what do you, what's the ultimate goal for you I mean, and animals? <laughs> to have my own sanctuary. That that is what I want. I want to rescue animals full time, and I feel like I'm almost there. Uh, my day job is a veterinary technician because I don't get paid for any of the rescues that I do. Uh, we recently made a YouTube channel a couple of years ago, so like we can share with people like what we do and kind of get more attention. Um, and we're hoping that like one day our YouTube is able just to support our rescue and, and fund our, our lives rescuing these animals, but we're not quite yet, but I would love to have my own place where we can bring all the nuisance alligators, have giant aviaries for all the birds that need homes. And your YouTube channel is blowing up because I remember the last time I saw you, which was a little over two years ago. I think maybe you had 15 or 20,000 subscribers at the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all because of that ball Python video. It really is. We were at wow. I think 20,000 in January and then we caught TikTok. We named her TikTok, the ball Python. We got her in uh, February and now we're at like 120,000 subscribers. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. And Chris, who's your boyfriend, which we keep referencing. He's who I was actually swimming with. Uh, with Casper, he takes these incredible photos of all of these animals as well. He really does. He does a really good job. And he's the one, if anybody has seen these photos of me swimming with Casper, the beautiful alligator, Chris is the one who took these photos. Yeah, he's really talented. So people can still do these tours where you swim underwater, underwater tour with an alligator? Yep. Is that happening every week? Yeah, he mostly does them Fridays and uh, Saturdays every single week. If you want to book a private tour during the week, all you have to do is email him and you can set that up as well. But yeah. I don't know how like every YouTuber is not trying to swim with Casper. <laughs> I know. A lot of, of these big YouTubers are actually a little bit nervous. We've had like quite a few that are... No, yeah. really? Yeah. And a lot of guys are nervous too. I've noticed the the ladies are a little bit more adventurous. The guys are like, oh no, 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 not for me. Is there any animal that makes you nervous? I don't like spiders. Oh. I don't like crabs. What? I do not like crabs. I don't know what it is about them. I like like them from a distance. I don't like crabs. Is there any spider rescuing that you have to do? Oh no. That is not for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I've never been put in that situation. Maybe if there was like a pet tarantula or something that someone dumped that needed help, I can go like sweep it up with a broom or something. But I I don't like spiders. I just don't. I, this is just so funny to me. They can live in my house. Like I have one in my bathroom that is just kind of in the corner and I let him. A tarantula? No, no. Not a tarantula. Oh. It's like, like a daddy long leg or something. Yeah. But he, I saw like, a tarantula. Now that I'm living in California, I saw a tarantula on a hike the other day. Yeah. Like a wild one. Yeah. And then yeah. it got chased down by a, what was it called? Uh, it got chased down by a wasp, which then we watched this tarantula get killed. It was the wildest thing to see. Yeah. That, uh... Tarantula hawk. <laughs> tarantula hawk. You need to Google this. I don't know if I want to. A tarantula hawk is like a giant wasp that like eats tarantulas. Oh my God. And sounds... we're there admiring this beautiful tarantula. And then out of nowhere, this wasp comes behind and we're like, oh, that's weird. That wasp is going to die. This tarantula is going to eat it. And the exact opposite thing happened. That is uh, traumatizing. 
Yeah. But, it was... So we, we go to Peru uh, once in a while. We go to Costa Rica a lot. And there are tarantulas in both of those places. And like giant scorpions and things like that. And Chris will always be like, oh my God, look, there's a scorpion eating a cockroach. We got to film this for YouTube. I'm like, oh, absolutely not. I am like down the trail. And he's like, oh my God, this is amazing. No, 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 not, not for me. So what's number one? If, if, those are, if those are the things you don't want to spend any time with, what's number one on the list for you? That I want to spend time with? Yes, your that favorite I, animal. I haven't? Or... Oh, well, how about, how about your favorite animal that you work with and then what you haven't worked with that you'd like to? Okay, my favorite animal to work with is an alligator. I know that sounds like so cliche. I love alligators. I love working with them. I love what I do. Um, and then I've always wanted to work with otters. And then recently this year, I got a chance to meet some otters. And I don't know if I want to work with them anymore. <laughs> what do you mean? They're really stinky. Like, like oh. really bad. Everything about them. They're really cute. I'm glad oh. I got to meet them. But uh, I don't know if I want to work with them anymore. I really want to meet a binturong. What is that? Um, like, uh, I, I don't even know how to explain it to you. You're going to have to look it up. What is, They're kind what, of like on. bear cats. They're from Asia. I'm going to look it, this up. They what smell is it? like popcorn. A binturong. Bin? Don't ask I me. See how it. You don't I even want to know how I'm trying to spell this, by the way. <laughs> yeah. There's oh, a wow. Thing. What is that yeah. thing? Isn't that amazing? I don't know. It's like a, it's almost like a Wolverine looking thing. They are so cool. Binturong. I use yeah. like the name. <laughs> and they smell like hot buttered popcorn. Literally. That's like their scent. What? Wow. Yeah. Since you love alligators and you work with them so much, give us some fun facts about alligators that would surprise us. Um, well, they can hold their breath, depending on the size, they can hold their breath potentially up to eight hours. That's pretty incredible. How are they breathing? Do they just lower their heart rate? Yeah, they just kind of, um, yeah, they lower their heart rate and they have the ability to kind of shut off organs to kind of like bypass the oxygen to, to save the oxygen. It's really cool. Okay. Yeah. Also they I was, have go I ahead. Was blown away when you told me that they didn't need to eat very often. They don't. Yeah. A large alligator can go eight, nine months without eating. Well, what does it eat eight or nine months before that? Like a deer or something. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not fun. It's kind of like how people can go months without eating. Like it's going to suck, but you can yeah. do it, you know? What I've are, seen very skinny alligators, very unhappy alligators, and they are still alive. It's crazy. What are alligators eating most of the time? Um, I would say, well, okay, so alligators, some of them are specialists. So some of them get really good at catching and eating one thing, and that's all they'll eat. So some alligators only eat snails. They figure out they can eat snails, and then they'll only eat snails. Some are really good at catching fish. And they'll only eat fish. Some are really good at catching dogs and they'll eat dogs, but they'll eat birds. They'll eat frogs, snakes. They really, for the most part, will eat anything. I feel like the alligator that eats snails is probably going to never have any problem finding snails. Yeah. What's really sad is that, so we see a lot of alligators with um, injuries from other alligators, you know, and yeah. sometimes we'll see the entire top jaw missing. So they can't really hunt. But if they can figure out how to eat snails, they're good. Some alligators don't figure it out and they die. They just don't know that they can eat snails. They just 
haven't done it. Do, do alligators eat other alligators? They will. Like big ones will eat small ones, but um, it's very, I feel like, blown out of proportion. You know, people think alligators are like crazy and territorial and they're going to tear each other apart. You see alligators in captivity and in the wild laying on top of each other, yeah. swimming together. During the, the dry season, I mean, if there's like a small little body of water, you'll see a hundred alligators in there at a time. So they are social animals. Just people don't see that side of them. These might be the most misunderstood animals. They are those and pit bulls and snakes. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's all and sharks. Sharks too. Like I went to, I went to Shark Valley, which is in the Everglades. It's a bike path. Uh, I'm explaining this for people who've never been there. It's a bike path where you ride around, but there's alligators on the bike path. Yeah. And you would think that this is a terrifying and scary thing. The alligators don't even care that you're there. They don't. They really don't. Yeah. If someone has an alligator in their backyard, what, what's the, what should they do? Well, I'm not really supposed to like call you, right? Just call you. (laughs) I wish. Um, I mean, I am a very big advocate of uh, learning how to coexist with animals, learning the animals in your area, getting familiar with them and just educating yourself and learning to coexist. Because I think a lot of this fear is coming from just ignorance, just not knowing enough about the animal. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people will call us and say, I want this alligator removed because I have small children. Mm. And it's like, okay, I understand. But if I remove this alligator, another alligator is going to take its place. So you should never, regardless, put your kids in that situation where they can get hurt by an alligator. Yeah. You know, that that's like the biggest thing. But when you say coexist, just kind of let them do their thing and you do your thing. Yeah. Not like not like going down to the pond and feeding them. Definitely not. It's actually illegal in Florida to feed alligators. A fed alligator is a dead alligator. Once you feed that alligator, it's going to start associating people with food. And that's where it does get dangerous. And we have yeah. removed alligators that have walked up to us before because people are feeding them. Yep. We got one at a shooting range. How dangerous is that? It would literally hear people walk up and come out of the water looking for food. So if you're shooting and you have like your, your what is it? Headphones, earmuffs, whatever the protective gear is. Yeah, the ear protectors, you don't yeah. that alligator, that's a dangerous situation. Never oh feed alligators. They are doing just fine, you know, without yeah, your they've existed for how many millions of years? Yep, yeah, yeah pretty much. So. How many millions of years is it? So they share a common ancestor with dinosaurs. So that that body type has been around for millions of years. That's it's so crazy. Wild. Uh-huh. Oh, it is crazy. Yep. When people look at what you do, Gabby, and go, you are crazy to do this. What's your general response to those people? Uh I honestly try not to spend too many times, uh, too much time on trolls. I'm just so used to it at this point, but I do think it's sad. You know, I I think it's sad that people just, they don't know enough about it. And a lot of people are willing to learn, but a lot of people also aren't. They're very closed-minded and no matter what you tell them, they don't want to hear it. I can talk until I'm blue in the face and show you the videos of me habituating alligators on their back, calling them out by name, having them station and wait and open their mouths when you tell them to open and go back on the water when you tell them to go back. And they're still going to be like, yeah, well, what about the kid in Disney? Tell that to his parents. And it's like, 
you try to explain why that happened. Those alligators, they are fed. It was dark. You put a child in the water and they, they just don't want to hear it. So some people, you just can't change their minds. But the education that you're doing is incredible. And if people yeah. aren't following you on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, they should because <laughs> I've learned so much just watching your videos. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I do really enjoy educating people and especially changing opinions and just teaching people like what to look out for. This is normal. This is not normal. I've had so many people reach out to me and say that they've learned so much, you know, or they're able to now educate their neighbors on not to feed alligators or not to let their dogs by the water, you know? So it, it's awesome. What, what I love about this is at the heart of this is just passion. You have such a passion for what you do. And I think that whatever your passion is, I think that if you can follow that, it's that old cliche that you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Thank you. I, I feel so grateful that I'm able to rescue animals and it, it takes so much time, like literal blood, sweat, tears, and a lot of money. And I don't even care because I just want to rescue animals. <laughs> and that's all I want to do. Just rescue animals full time. I don't care if I have to drive an hour away to rescue a duck. I'll do it. I love that you use the word grateful because I end every conversation with this question because I love gratitude. I think that it's like the thing that just fuels all of us. If you can be grateful, how could you possibly be in a bad mood? What are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Well, I'm very grateful for my parents. They were always very supportive of me. Um, even though they didn't understand it, they weren't animal people. My mom would drive me all the time to go volunteer at all these places. She would drive me an hour away. And she really helped me advance my career and supported me when I moved to Florida. So I'm definitely grateful for my family. I'm very grateful for my boyfriend. I am so lucky to have a partner that shares the same dreams as me, the same hobbies, the same love for animals. So I'm very grateful for him. And I'm just overall grateful for all of my personal animals. I love every single one of them. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for them. I really am. We're grateful for alligators. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very grateful for alligators. The misunderstood cuties. That's what they are. They are. Gabby, so good to see you. Thank you, you so much for those. Of course. This was so much fun. Thank you're you. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> whenever you want to come swim with Casper again, you just let us know whenever you're, you're down here. Next time I'm in Florida, Absolutely. I'm going to make this happen. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> There we go, my friends. Passion. Passion is the secret sauce of life. Big thanks to Gabby for sharing her story with us on this episode. And, and a huge thank you to you for sharing some of your day with us. And if this spoke to you, take a screenshot, share it with someone who you know will love it and tag us on social media. Gabby is at Gabby Nicole. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And since we talk so much about passion and chasing your dreams, I will leave you with this quote from the great Vincent Van Gogh, who said, I would rather die of passion than of boredom. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.